Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help. With the aid of my favorite wrestling show, this is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start. And current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week, we hit the road with the episode of NXT that originally aired on October 16th, 2014. In this episode, Sami Zayn's Road to Redemption officially begins. And in celebration... We have a guest who knows nothing about it whatsoever. Yeah! Because <laughs> that's how we roll this podcast, goddammit! It is! It's Annie Creighton! Hello, hello. I'm very excited for my second wrestle thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> Welcome to episode 74 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, Sami Zayn lost a wrestling match to Titus O'Neil. Still feels weird saying it. And this episode, he's feeling very much a way about that. And this is also the first episode in which the words Road to Redemption come out of Sami's mouth in that order. And as Megan Bob knows, that's kind of a big deal. However, Megan Bob doesn't know why nope. exactly it's a big deal and uh at least for now we're gonna keep it that way there are no shortcuts on the road to redemption bob the journey matters at least as much as the destination actually oh, more shit. like like three times as much as the destination whoa okay all right this is some real lord of the rings <laughs> with that in mind i am extremely gratified to welcome annie creighton to the show annie is the co-host of the crooked russian cam family of podcasts and media ventures and uh, best of all, she doesn't know shit about pro wrestling. Yes! So, Annie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be here. I have many friends who are who are wrestles. Uh, okay. I do. I have somehow, to this point, avoided sitting down and watching a lot of it, except for one time uh, I went to visit my friend Chris Sims, and pretty much immediately he's like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna watch a wrestling thing. This is a known feature of Chris Sims. Uh, the funny thing is that it's actually, there were a couple of things, but the thing I remember most is that it is f- way, way, way later in in Becky's career. And uh-huh. Becky, though. Hi, Becky. Yeah. I'm gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to, Sharon made me stop, but whenever somebody was coming over who like wasn't super into wrestling, I would like make sure that it was playing when I knew they were going to get here. Gotcha. So that like they'd walk in and be like, oh, what's this? And I'd be like, oh, well, have a seat. I mean, it's it's all <laughs> big and loud and dumb. And like, obviously, these are all things that I'm into. Right. Yes. Yes. So, okay. On this note in this conversation, you have seen one wrestle thing before with mm-hmm. Chris Sims. Aside from that, to what extent are you even aware of what this is like has this influenced your life in any way beyond that one thing yeah, that what Chris did you, showed you what do you know about the wrestles because yeah. i i learned about the wrestles because of this podcast and so right. i'm very interested about where are you in your in your knowing of a wrestles i know of wrestles by vague association uh mm-hmm. i understand that there is a lot of like political uh problems in it i know the oh, gist yeah. of of sort of the I, I know the gist of kayfabe as a concept Okay. Um, when I was really little, on Saturday mornings, I would catch episodes of that one 
pro wrestling show they made geared towards kids where everybody collected medallions. Like the cartoon show? No, no. This is a oh. live action thing. It ran before the cartoons because I got up really early when I was little. <laughs> Okay. They're medallions. Medallions. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, all the plot lines were that, like, everybody had these medallions, and all the medallions, once you collected them, would all fit into the belt. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I then- I mean, it sounds like Lucha Underground, but Lucha Underground was only a thing, like, a few years ago. No, no, and, like- That's wild. I, I can never remember what the name of it, and I'm sorry, because this means you're gonna get a no, bunch of emails okay. now of someone- it's fine. No. Adding you. Everybody's going to tell us what it is, so it's great. No, yeah. that means I didn't have to search something on Google, so I'm great. <laughs> I, I caught it a bunch when I was really little, but like uh, until I was older, I, I that was when I started secondhand appreciating the big, loud, dumb aspect of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, that and my right. friend Lucas Brown sends me a lot of uh, wrestling thirst traps because he knows my yes. tastes in strong He's women. He's a good and, person and that way. Men. Bespoke thirst traps will just arrive in your in my in, in my DMs, he just slides into my DMs yeah. on a regular basis, like, "Hey, check out this beefy lady," and I'm like, "Well, hello, ma'am." Yeah, that's like honestly the best way to get somebody into wrestling. Sometimes, <laughs> I, I honestly like it's only through sheer force of will and the fact that like I don't think I can add uh, that kind of hyperfixation to my life on a regular yes. basis mm. that has kept me from getting into wrestling because I, I feel the pull. It's inevitable. It'll so, happen eventually, yeah. but not today, death. <laughs> when you watched this episode that we asked you to watch mm -hmm. for this podcast, what were you thinking? Were you going like, wow, this is fucking weird? Or like, what was going through your mind? I was just like, oh, huh, okay, okay, here's some big dramatic plot lines I don't know about, but like, look, <laughs> I was an English major, I'm able to jump in and jump out of this shit. Okay, right. I've read fan fiction. All right, yeah. so these guys have a rival. He's a big jerk. It's like Jim and the Holograms. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's Lucha Dragons. I don't know what's up with them, but I love them. Honestly, the thing that struck me the most was just the fact that it is just one thing after another. Bam, bam, bam. They do not give you any time to rest. If you are not looking at two guys fighting, you are looking at two people backstage yelling at a camera. And that's <laughs> beautiful. The backstage stuff was, was what really grabbed me. Like, that took uh, me by surprise. What a beautiful extra level. I had grown complacent with that and had <laughs> I had lost sight of how magical that is, but it is. It's truly spectacular. And the first time you go backstage and you're like, what? <laughs> I get extra? Like, it's like, Annie, do you remember this? There was a period where the author at the beginning of the piece mm -hmm. would in the guise of author tell you a little bit about the story and would often talk to the characters. Yes, and oftentimes the characters would like talk back as though as yes. though someone's speaking to their muses. Yes, and the characters would sometimes sass the author mm -hmm. or one another That's and there would amazing. be like a little yeah. fist fight. They would, you know, like go off screen in a little cloud of dust or something. Yeah, as though like as though the characters are stepping out of character, but they are still their characters. So they'll be like, yes. man, I can't believe I have to do this in this chapter. Yes. <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's really weird. But for some reason, you just accept it blindly and you're just like, OK, fine, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. No, that was a crucial part yeah. of fan fiction in the very early aughts. It sounds amazing. Like, I just, I love the idea, even, of, like, the characters talking to the author and as though they know they're going into the story. And, like, okay, what bullshit do I have to put up with today, you sick fuck? Yeah, like, they're just yes. handed a script and be like, all right, yeah. go. I'm going to make you so suffer special. today. Yo, For our God. comfort chapter later on. 
<laughs> well, one of the reasons I'm glad we were having you on for this episode is because I think there might be some some thicky feels to some of this. But you will, y'all will have to uh, tell me more about that as we get there. <laughs> I'm sure you have questions. I do have questions. Um, okay, so just to check, and this is not this is not to call you out. I just want to say you've never listened to an episode of the show, right? You know nothing about any of this. I'm going in completely blind. I'm gonna okay. be real. Beautiful. No, this is. <laughs> choice <laughs> we have caught you at a at a moment of knowing nothing i am this is i i am young. vulnerable i am a i'm a babe i am fresh unplowed snow mold me as oh you my wish. god you are okay whenever you are engaging with wrestling what is it that you're like oh man that is actually fun I don't know. I mean, I like how over the top it is. I like how everyone clearly is buying into the the roles that they have been assigned. I like how much fun the heels seem to have being heels because like, you know, it's all fake. So you just get to like be as cartoonish as you want and nobody's mm. going to say it's unrealistic because of course it's not real. But also like on top of that, I have a lot of fun looking at like, oh, these are fairly like complicated choreographies that everybody has to <laughs> execute well. And like Yikes, even yeah. even the stuff that's really, you know, like clearly fake of like oh no he got out of the hold again (laughs) i guess i just like that everybody's buying into the hokiness and embracing that i think that's a wonderful Mm. attitude we compare it a lot to like community theater Mm -hmm. and i think especially on this level like this particular show you get a lot of that that sort of feel to it yeah what you said about the heels sort of having free reign to be as mean as they want to reminds me of a saturday night live sketch that had the rock in it and they were like, it was him and somebody else pretending to be wrestlers, and they, he was supposed to be cutting a, you know, talking to the guy backstage or whatever. And he would, see, and the Rock started saying things like, "I, I have pictures of your wife sleeping with another man, and this DNA <laughs> test proves that your child is not yours." And the guy's like, "Whoa, whoa, man, whoa, whoa! You can't, you can't do this. Like, keep it, like, keep it less personal, huh?" Oh my god. It just, it just feels like there are so many points when there should be like a dramatic like harpsichord sing of like cha cha cha. It really should be. Oh, if only. <laughs> if only. Did you feel the fan fiction vibe hanging over it all? Yes, I think I think just in that in that absolute earnestness and embracing of of the goofiness, I think I think it gets very fan fiction. Okay, because I, 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 I just wondered yeah. if you could feel it even now. Well, and also, you know, I'm sitting here. I don't have any idea how any of these plots are going. I've just been mm-hmm. given, like, the bare essentials by the announcers beforehand of, like, all right, here we are in this plot. Here's what happened last time. As you already know, on the last exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I will take those threads, I will piece them together, and I will see how feelings interact here with the punching, and I, I will spin this into what narrative threads that I can and what things feel comfortable here. So, like, just having to, like, get the little bits and pieces there, yeah, no, it's very, it's very fanfic-y, especially uh, with uh, little to no context. Did you reach out to anybody for, like, help understanding anything or any context? Or were you like, oh, no. I I, wanted to go in blind. Whoa. How how helpful did you find the announcers in that regard? I'm just curious because we we have sort of a love-hate relationship with the NXT announce team. And I'm curious as to uh, whether or not you thought they were effective in in that capacity. Uh, Not 
not particularly. I feel like I probably got <laughs> more out of like the the patter before matches. Sure. Yeah. Uh, or just like the body language of the like, okay, so these guys really hate each other. And something about hair? Yeah. <laughs> something about hair, indeed. <laughs> so Annie will be joining us for Bob's Breakdown. We'll talk about all this stuff in more detail. That'll be followed by the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. And we will, of course, be giving at least one grubby-handed carny weirdo <laughs> the shining beacon of achievement that is the Lawrence Bolivier Award. For outstanding commitment to the bit before we wrap things up with a little game we call Guess the Gimmick. No wrestling okay. term of the week for this episode and, of course, no cheap pop quiz. But we do need to go over the answers to last episode's cheap pop quiz. Uh, Bob has thus far managed a lone point yep. in this latest round of quizzing. So let's see if they added to that total at all. This point can't even kiss another point because there's not <laughs> another point to kiss. <laughs> Question number one. On the next episode, which current AEW wrestler gets to be the jobber for Carmella's debut match? Was it A, Ruby Soho? B, Leva Bates? C, Serena Deeb? D, Allie, a.k.a. The Bunny? Or E, current AEW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa? Bob, you went with A, Ruby Soho. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. Not saying she's not going to be here ever, <gasps> but she's not here now. Okay. Uh, the correct answer for this one was B, Leva Bates. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about that later on. Question number two. In other women's wrestling news, which two women have a locker room conversation on the next episode in front of a familiar looking mirror? <laughs> is it A, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch? B, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. C, Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. D, Alexa Bliss and Emma. Or E, Emma and Bailey. Bob, for this one, you thought, I thought very reasonably, you went with uh, Sasha and Alexa. Yeah. Uh, that was also not correct, unfortunately. The correct answer was Sasha and Becky. So, that's happening. Mm -hmm. And finally, question number three. On the next episode, Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy actually get a collective name as a tag team. And by that, I mean Alex Riley gives them a name by saying he ran into them backstage before the match. And they told him they are now calling themselves what? Was it A, the Dynamic Dudes? B, the American Males? C, Team Thick? D, Techno Team 2000? Or E, the Ding Dongs. Mm. Um, all of those, I might add, all of the incorrect answers, uh, actual names of wrestling tag teams. Among them, the one that you picked, Bob. You went with B, the American Males. I did, yes. It's a good pick. The American Males, solid tag team. Uh, one of their members, Buff Bagwell, currently really getting a lot of attention on Twitter right now and uh, using most of that attention to stand up for trans rights. So fuck yeah, Buff. Aw, um, good job, Buff. Nice. However, the correct answer was C, Team Thick. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, Bob, still the one point. Oh, uh, so lonely. And you will not have the opportunity to earn any more on this episode. Next time, Bob, 
It's a clean slate. It all begins again. All right. For now, Where's though, my road to redemption? God damn it. <laughs> it's coming. But for now, we got to talk about Sammy's. And let's do that by getting into Bob's breakdown. Our commentary team for this episode is Rich Brennan, Alex Riley, and Renee Young. Mm-hmm. So this is a six-course meal. I have prepared tasting notes for each dish, and most of these matches are a mere mouthful of fighty content. Okay. So, match number one, Baron Corbin defeats Elias Sampson in, like, 19 seconds with his swinging mumble-mumble um, <laughs> that slams Sampson's face to the mat. <laughs> yes. I think Lucas called it a something, yep. some kind of face buster. I'm pretty sure okay. Lucas called it some kind of face buster. Lucas all knows right. all the moves. I do not. We've talked about <laughs> He this. does. All right. Tasting notes for this aperitif. Faint notes of leather, temporary tattoo ink, and one of the classier scents offered by Axe Body Spray. <laughs> I do think Samson brought a deeper note of indie cred to it with his little man bun and the cowboy-esque boots. Sure. Uh, it contrasted nicely with the somewhat predictable lone wolf vest guy gimmick of Corbin. But if you were paying close attention to this meal, you may have picked up the faint jawline fuzz beard of Corbin. As you sip. And now, i that's very unfortunate. <laughs> it's fucking unfortunate. That's like but, drinking a wine and being like, I'm getting a hint of dirt. Yes. <laughs> but it is of a piece with the other flavors in the profile. <laughs> I will also say, crucially, one woman in the audience clutched her chest after this match. <laughs> like, just went. <gasps> and this was a woman who was like 60. And so I was like, whatever else is happening, this one lady had a great 20 seconds of, like, Baron Corbin moment. So we're like, good. Good. So what you're saying is instead of saying, like, there's dirt in my wine, you're going to describe the wine as earthy. That's what you're telling me. This woman would. This woman would be like, you know what? I I love dirt. It's my favorite flavor. (laughs) So in ring whatnot. Sami Zayn skanks to the ring and he's wearing a shirt because this is weird. He looks as adorable with a shirt as he does without a shirt. He's a a nice young man. He is a nice young man. That's Sami Zayn. He's a he's a good boy. Good boy. Okay, okay. This this thing, this theme, this is actually like come up for me on Spotify before, and (gasps) I had no connection to it. I was like, oh, that's that's a jam. That's a jam. Let me just put that on my likes. I I like ska. It, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a bop. This is a, this is middle this is middle career less than Jake. I'm into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm a yeah. Less than Jake's a that's good shit. Yeah. So the the crowd just a torrential downpour of love for this man. They it's love beautiful. this nice young man. They do because they know what is good in this world. And he gets on the mic and says that he's sick of his dream eluding him and he's committing to becoming the NXT champion. And then Tyson Kidd's music hits. Miles, would you like to do the honors? Rising from the ground, echoes of the sound, ashes of the past and the present and the future is now. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Kid is sarcastically wearing a Sami Zayn shirt. Uh, Is this a neg? I think this is a neg. It is. Chef kiss. And... Kid gets on the mic and he's really mean. He's like, are you kidding me? You're not a winner. Face facts. In his little also, yellow shorts. <laughs> that say fact on the crotch. No, yeah. What? Yeah, they do. 
Yeah, right, right <laughs> over his jaw. Right just above says, the dick. Yep. Facts. Facts. So, so they're cock facts. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Exactly. Beautiful. Tyson Kidd coming out here to call somebody else a loser. He, like, <laughs> just lost. He just lost his last chance at the title, like, last week. Beautiful. You're going to turn around this whole being a loser thing. You're going to change your path and make this the era of Sami Zayn. And then Zayn's like, oh, that's mean of you. <laughs> he does a natty joke. Jokes that Tyson Kidd cries himself to sleep watching Total Divas reruns. And Kidd responds just by saying the plot out loud. And it's really <laughs> brutal by going like, you haven't won a whole lot. And every time you get close to the top of the mountain, you fall the fuck off. You lost to Titus O'Neil. Are you really good enough to be here? And it's like, oh, he just said things that are true in the show. That's so rude. You can't do that. And Zane has, responds the way you have to respond if you're the protagonist, which is like, I don't live in the past. I live today. Like, I'm going to do this. And he says, you know, now begins Sami Zayn's road to redemption. So put a pin in that. We will come back to it. Oh, okay. But so many right. times. he Yeah. He challenges Tyson to a match tonight and kid's going to go check on his cats. But he's definitely going to be here for the match tonight. Sidebar, they do really have cats, and they are very much cat people. Yes. They're, like, super very into good. their fucking cats. I definitely cats. wrote that one down. Like, he has to go check on his cats? He has cats? Yeah. Yes. They're very into their cats on social media. Spectacular. <laughs> no. Okay. Like, the only the, like the, the only context I really had for this beforehand was when, Bob, you, you messaged me, like, this is Sami Zayn, he's a golden retriever, and you're right. Yeah. He is such the golden retriever. Even whenever you see his moveset, you're like, if a golden retriever could wrestle, that's how they would wrestle. Look at this boy. He's so nice. People like him and he's so mm-hmm. happy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard not to want to scratch him behind happy the ears and, and I like, feel bad about that. Kind of goofy and lovable. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's a very approachable energy. Agreed. Yes. Add for Hell in a Cell. It's <laughs> Rollins versus Ambrose and Orton versus Cena. Miles, were either of these memorable in any way? Is Hell in a Cell ever big time memorable or is Hell in a Cell nothing? Uh, first of all, no. Neither of these two matches, as far as I can recall, mattered one whit. Um, at least I don't remember them in any way. And I was actually think I was still watching WWE at the time. Because, like, I kind of got back into it after lapsing for a while in early 2014. So now we're in October 2014. I I think I was still there. Um, Hell in a Cell worked much better when it was uh, just a match that you did when you were in, like, a super personal blood feud. Oh. And, like, things had gotten so bad between you and your opponent that the only thing you could do is <laughs> get inside this roofed cage. Um, and... <laughs> And then, like, try to throw yourself through the walls of the cage and through the top of the cage. It's the only logical conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These days, it's its own whole thing. Like, they have a whole, like, annual show called Hell in a Cell. So it's not organic at all. You're just like, we're going to settle this in Hell in a Cell because it's October. And that's... (laughs) And that's what we're doing. We've conveniently uh, had all of these personal problems that, right. that have escalated in September. Mostly Hell in a Cell these days sucks ass and nobody cares because it's the completely, the concept has been completely oversaturated. It used to be like, oh, remember the Hell in a Cell match? Now it's like, fucking which one? <laughs> like, okay. So. Uh, Annie, for context, I just, this is a, this thing was a fucking revelation to oh, me yeah. whenever I came into wrestling. 
is that now this is because WWE is very specific and like controls a lot of what wrestling is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like the big thing. Right. Yeah. They have a liturgical calendar uh, of events. Uh, yes. Oh. So there are the pay-per-view schedule is consistent across the year and they represent different points in the spiritual <gasps> cycle of WWE. That's true. And so Oh my god. WrestleMania is the Easter or Christmas, take uh-huh, your pick, I don't uh-huh. know, of it. And then at the other end of it is SummerSlam, I believe. Correct. It, and so And does it take place are, because WrestleMania was born on a certain day and you go back, <laughs> <laughs> go back in the calendar? <laughs> And it is actually have been. Hang on. No, now I have to look up when the first WrestleMania took place. If it happened in late March or early April, that's absolutely a thing. Oh my god. One second. No, this this is WrestleMania one. This is so beautiful for me because like when we were recording this, it is it is uh it is very close to Pascha uh and Easter. And my husband's Orthodox Christian, so like I am deep into the liturgical calendar of knowing when the hell Lent is over now. March yes. thirty, March thirty first, nineteen eighty five, <gasps> baby. Oh they absolutely God. do do that. <laughs> wow, spectacular. Wow. So yeah, yes. as, as like the entire wrestling world now organizes around itself because whatever <laughs> town WrestleMania is in, all the other companies want to run a show in that town because it's going to have ten million wrestling fans there. Match number two, Lucha Dragons! Oh, these, so, these beautiful, beautiful Lucha. They're so good. And they're facing off against these guys! Oh my god. Like Team Thick. Yeah, Team Thick, Buddy Murphy and Wesley Blades. Team Thick. And I knew which one was Buddy Murphy because the Flutter Shorts were there. Correct. And I want to take a moment just to say, if you're going, what, what the hell is a Flutter Short? Do you remember the time in history whenever there were a lot of pants around that had flames on them. Yes. And that was a thing. And it would be like, if you just took your scissors and cut along the flames and then you just were like, all right, the don't need the bottom of these pants, (laughs) but do keep the flutters. So it is like that. Or like very bold look. Or like when you would like tear up t-shirts and like twist the little like tatters around and put little beads on the bottom. mm. Oh, Oh God. It's that trash. Oh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> these are these are like have, sparkly and pink. I appreciate that, that he's like, no, no, I want to draw attention to my flutter shorts. Right. These are style flutter shorts. He never changes them. I don't even really? I don't know. I'm not watching him in AEW, but in his, no, his w, he still has flutter shorts. He still shorts. has the flutter shorts. Really? So, yeah, that's great. He committed whenever he yeah. uh, like he's never looked back. Beautiful. He's They're a flutter whole shorts thing. man. He's like, he is that guy. And he's a heel? Like a proper, proper heel now, and still is I like, mean, no, no, I'm a Flutter Shorts oh, guy. Oh, now, like in, in 2022, yeah. 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 Sin Cara and Blake start off, and Sin Cara uses both feet to launch Blake into low Earth orbit. <laughs> I love it whenever that happens. I don't want them to fall, but I do love it whenever one man uses another man as a space probe. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Buddy Murphy is tagged in. He manages to catch Sin Cara on his shoulder and sort of... Lift him up while running forward enough to get a suplex out of it. Like, normally you sort of do yeah. a suplex with sheer power. This is a suplex from the bottom where you're trying to scam physics into doing it for you. <laughs> but it does work. Sinkara is suplexed. Way to go, Team Thick. All right, friends. Things that would make more sense to be called Team Thick than a pro wrestling tag team. Because I have a small list. Okay. My first one. 
fans of thick cut fries who specifically are against curly and shoestring fries. <laughs> okay, I like it. A coalition of moms from Pixar movies. Oh, oh. damn. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was going to say uh, the fans of an alternate version of Twilight where the two love interests are named Thick and Thin because <laughs> oh. Stephanie Meyer is even less creative than she is in this world. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay, carpet salespeople who rep exclusively dense and shag carpets. <laughs> uh, people who like fog but hate mist. <laughs> like, oh. If- visibility is going to be obscured. They're like, this is, I want Barrow Downs level of fog or I fucking riot. I will not have a thin mist. Thank you. A gang of ruffians on motorcycles whose like sole mission in life is to beat up people who like New York style pizza. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It's a gang from Chicago. I mean, yes, that's yes. Which is the right place to order pizza, by the way. So we're clear on where I were, where I, here I am wearing a Chicago Blackhawk shirt where I stand on this issue. <laughs> oh, God, I haven't had a deep dish in so long. Oh, oh, man. It's a good kind of pizza. I like, I am a pizza agnostic. I like all pizzas. Mm-hmm. Except for one pizza I had in Denver that was a fucking atrocity. But <laughs> We it shall not speak pl- its name. It was from a place called Mary Jane's. And it was open until 4.20 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would be shocked to find out that the onus to have any kind of quality is very low <laughs> whenever that's your target audience. So that that pizza was a crime that I, I paid honest dollars for. Did it at least have edibles on it? Nope. Oh, well, I, you can't. You, Although, you can't turn in your 4.20 card if you're not doing I that. I will say it. Miles, one of the dishes that you could get if you were like, you know, low carbing it or whatever was <laughs> a half a bell pepper with a bunch of pizza shit in it that it was like put under the broiler and all that, which is a mistake. I ordered it anyway. <laughs> but the name was called like the green bowl. And I was like, oh, or no, I think bowl of green. And I was like, oh, beautiful. Seen Kara is imperiled, but he's able to get his tiny fast friend, Kalisto. Kalisto explodes into action like a coked-up Pikachu, Mm. and he corkscrews into someone, kicks someone, hurls himself over the top and onto someone, and this frees up Sinkara to try the deadliest 69 (laughs) off the top rope. (laughs) Powerbombing Wesley Blake to the mat and pinning him for the three count, his butt pretty much directly on Blake's face. The end. The end. This is like a really dynamic fight. Oh, yeah. Anytime you get luchadors, it's always going to be like... Just a delight. Now, this one was very fun to watch. Yeah, Kalisto in particular is getting a lot of shine right now because he's kind of their new, their rising new Luchador guy. Mm-hmm. As I've explained to Bob, he's uh, sort of being groomed at this point as the replacement for Rey Mysterio, ah, which okay. did not work out for him. And Rey Mysterio, as it turns out, is still going. So, I, yeah, I have he's heard like this name. 50. Yeah. He's a old and he's kind of still doing stuff. It's kind of weird, but amazing. So, the tasting notes for this. A simple appetizer that did what it needed to do. Like, I needed this cup of pumpkin bisque with cheesy croutons. But more importantly, I was reminded that the cheesy croutons are the star of any dish. Like, I sure, there were other flavors. I could, I could taste these things. 
but this dish had three minutes to impress us and remind us that it's on the menu, and it did, and you're not going to remember that fucking soup, because who cares about the soup? But those cheesy croutons, you're like, why don't they put these cheesy croutons and more things on the menu? These cheesy croutons are so good. So, yeah, the love a cheesy crouton me. Okay, backstage. Mojo Raleigh is injured, and he has to cut a promo, kind of, about it. He's backstage in the medical area or something. He says a lot of locker room platitudes and some movie taglines. <laughs> but the key point is that he stays hyped. And he says hyped at the camera like he's biting the word. And all I can say is take care, Mojo. I hope you feel better. All right. Match three. Becky Lynch comes to the ring. No, no. Here, right. here, here's here's my thing, oh, though, about, about the Becky Lynch thing, though, is that like, all right, all right, all right. Look. My husband, if you're listening to this, stop listening for five seconds. Becky, <laughs> hello. Okay, hello, husband. <laughs> no, like this is here's the other here's the only other thing I've seen of Becky Lynch. It is years later in her plot, uh, years later in everything that that is Becky Lynch. I forget what it's called. I think it's a Royal Rumble when it's a whole bunch of people just one after another and they can't yep. touch. Yeah, oh, it was that. It was my Women's Royal Rumble. And it was apparently the first time that Becky Lynch had met Nia Jax after the nose breaking incident. Mm. Uh, so oh, it was big shit. and dramatic. And she was much beefier then than she was here. And I, I just. Hi, Becky. If it's the one I'm thinking of, I was in the crowd. Dope. <gasps> yeah, it was super fun. It, it was in Phoenix. Yeah, it, so. the the intention of showing me this one is basically just to show me a whole bunch of women and and yeah. guess which one I was going to fall in love with. There was a little Asian pirate too, I think. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> but no, and this oh. is and this is baby Becky. She's yes. just baby, baby Becky here. She is dressed as. The girl who definitely starts the mosh pit right? and then complains is- if she goes home without enough bruises because she was like, no, 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 I came here to fucking mosh. Don't be a coward about this. We are moshing. This is a woman who moshes at flogging Molly concerts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Charlotte stalks in ready to prove herself as the dominant lioness in the pride. <laughs> and this is one of those matches where it's technical wrestling. And the best way I can think of to describe technical wrestling is, and this is very specific if you've ever played those theater games where you have to mirror one of those movements or maintain a point of connection at all time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that, but it's fighty. I mean, it's, sometimes it's also fighty. Yeah, it is, it is so much more holds than like any of the big flashy stuff that has come before this in this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Becky attacks a shoulder and then a leg and she bridges out of a pin like a wacky inflatable tube thing. And Charlotte does a backbreaker on Becky Lynch. Like she's just trying to break up a bag of ice. Mm-hmm. And we get the... Annie, I'm sure. I always feel it. Maybe you also felt it. The glorious back of the head hump oh, that Charlotte the, does. This is the one. This is the one where I have my notes that are just like Becky just got grabbed by Charlotte's thighs, and I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Apparently, that move is called a skull fucker, which tracks. Okay, uh, like, on the again, independence the, scene, the, yeah. the Royal Rumble that I saw. There were there were a lot of that one. But oh, just, oh, it's a. I should go back and watch that move. one. There's powerful women with arms, and yes. they will crush man's head like sparrow's egg between thighs. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, delicious. Becky fights back with three leg drops in a row across the chest and neck of Charlotte, but Charlotte doesn't care. And there and there, and there are nine trillion pin attempts, and the pacing <laughs> is rapid fire before Charlotte does natural selection, which is her flip to smash her opponent's face to the canvas. She pins Becky Lynch, and it's finished now. The tasting notes 
flavors of sapphic potential with a strong underpinning of competence. You could really taste the footch. And to have two <laughs> distinctive flavors of footch mm-hmm. in one dish, mm-hmm. bold move. Also, the dish kept trying to surprise, even though you knew where the flavors were going. Like the, ve- But the very fact that you thought the dish was going to swerve on you, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so surprised. And I thought it was really wild to see this dish where the mushrooms get equal billing with the filet mignon. But like those <laughs> mushrooms, those mushrooms are extremely good. Extremely. I think those mushrooms are going to go on to be a, like a star on their own. In their own right. <laughs> she, she did her best. She did such a good job. She, she did. did. Becky Lynch is a joy to see in anything. I I think she's still evolving, right, Miles? This is not this is not finished Becky Lynch, right? No, by no means. I mean, technically, like, Becky Lynch doesn't really, like, become Becky Lynch as we know her today until after she's left NXT. But this oh, is not okay. this is not uh, fully formed NXT Becky even. No, yeah. this is like this is this is her first this is her first stage, like as I understand yeah. it. I mean, she yeah. she did some stuff on the independent scene, but this is her first uh, her first television uh, stage for sure. Backstage, my beloved vampires are telling <laughs> Itami to stay out of the way. Out of the way of what? You're in a different part of the fucking division. But anyway, regardless, right. NXT is their house, and Hideo Tommy doesn't belong there. So Sayonara. Like, and it was like chef kiss. Someone had to be taken kiss. by stretcher. That's beautiful. Oh yeah, and yep. I, the Ascension are nothing, but the Ascension are also everything because their whole thing is the gimmick. There is nothing else there. <laughs> they had an evil if, laugh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they did. They also say yeah all the time, and whenever Connor, the big one, mm-hmm. whenever he gets tagged in, people sometimes just go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because at one point when he was doing moves, he would just say yeah sometimes as he was doing like, moves. Like he, like he was doing a karate? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd was like, fuck yeah, yeah is everything. And so now they sometimes say words and put yeah into them. So people go, oh, they said yeah. Right. Okay, that's, si- that's why they pronounce sayonara like yes. that. Okay. Correct. I get yes. it. Vital context that you needed. <laughs> I'm really sad, though, because normally they get underworld lighting whenever mm. the Ascension do anything. Nice. And I was like, this is normal lighting. You can't light them like this. This is wrong. <laughs> No peck dancing either. I'm very disappointed. No, normally we get like a little, well, not the peck, like not the little like that thing, but the shoulder shimmy that, you know, like does a whole. Oh, yeah. He does the whole like shake. Yeah. Yeah. He does a whole, it's a, it's a thing from Connor, but he, he wrestled one shoulder. So it was like, okay, fine. Fair (laughs) enough. Match number four, Lady Whistledown's match report. Now, it is not uncommon for friendships to flourish or falter over the course of the social season. Two friends who have never been more in tune with one another are Signors Enzo and Big Cass. While one might find them overbearing to have at a gathering, they do seem to bring joy to the audience with their antics. Two less favored gentlemen from the continent, Monsieur Louis and Lafour, have had a more difficult time this season. 
There was a bet, you see. Now, anyone could tell you that you'd be a fool to put a bet on the books at White's unless you're prepared to see it through. But the pride of gentlemen is a strange and fragile thing. <laughs> In short, Lafour lost the bet to Signors Cass and Enzo, but rather than allow his own lustrous locks to be taken, left Monsieur Louis to pay the price for his folly. At this most recent ball, Monsieur Louis continues to wear a hairpiece, despite everyone in the town having seen his denuded scalp multiple times at multiple many previous times. events. Really? The insistence on continuing to wear the hairpiece is something of a mystery. These four gentlemen would like to continue their disagreement, but a misunderstanding between friends fractures the already tenuous bond between Monsieur Louis and Lafour, as Lafour accidentally removes the hairpiece from his friend's head. Monsieur Louis snaps and attacks Monsieur Lefort to the delight of the crowd. Several footmen had to intervene as Monsieur Louis proceeded to soundly beat his erstwhile companion. <laughs> now, this author has seen many a relationship begin and end in society, but I dare say it is quite obvious to all in attendance that this one cannot be repaired. All that remains is to see whether it is to be pistols at dawn or perhaps a hasty retreat back to the continent for Monsieur Lefort. Mm. Tasting notes. This dish is undercooked and has a hair in it. Send it the fuck back and ask for something else on the menu. <laughs> I have questions. Okay. One, nobody has made a Legion hairs pun yet. What the fuck? That's, that's insane. This is crimes. Punishable by death, it should be. Also, Miles and I have been talking about this forever. NXT has very few tag teams. They have just right. torpedoed one of their very few tag teams. What? They have... This is a precious resource, and they have thrown it down the drain. Why would they? Why would they do a plot like this? I know, Miles. What the fuck? I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. They, they didn't want to. I don't know. Can tag teams make up after a breakup? Like, is that a wrestling story that you've ever seen? Oh yeah, fuck yes, <gasps> all the fucking time. It happens. What? Yeah, like especially like he goes years later. Tag team will break up. They'll both do their own thing for a while, and then like. One day, one of the dudes will be fucking getting beat up by some guys, and then, like, the other guy's musical hit because he's turned face in his own storyline, and he'll come down and help him, and they'll be together again. <laughs> the Hardy Boys have done that, like, 17 times. The Hardy Boys. Yes, that's correct. I know, you're thinking the, from the I'm thinking books. about the boy detectives, yes. N- not not as such. <laughs> no, they're, they're too... Whack jobs from Carolina. Okay. Yeah, from North Carolina. And yeah. Yeah, one they, of them. They jump off of a lot of high things and they're not worried about it. Okay. The distinction. They, so they sometimes bleed too much because of that. <laughs> the distinction that you should be aware of, and which I think frankly explains everything, is that it's not Hardy Boys B O Y S, it's Hardy Boys B O Y Z. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Legally distinct, I see. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I don't think I would trust those two to solve a crime. <laughs> no, of any kind. they are on many drugs. Yeah, I mean, I think Matt Hardy's on fewer of them now, but I yeah. still don't. I think they've left their mark on him. <laughs> I, I don't think I would trust him to find, like, solve the mystery of where did we put the keys? Definitely like, not Jeff. You wouldn't trust Jeff with no. anything like that. Excellent. No, God, no. Okay, the other question, and Annie, this mm-hmm. is this is for us. Mm-hmm. You and you and I are fanfic mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. 
how could LaFour fix this relationship that he fucked up when he ran away and let his buddy get his hair taken? Like, what is the fix-it fix here that could repair this? Okay, so, like, obviously the first chapter that you have to have has to be devoted entirely to to angst and guilt and to reliving oh, yeah. the, the events from, <gasps> from his perspective. Yes! Mm. Oh, my God. Like He was backstage watching it and then realized, like, the pit of his stomach. He uh-huh. was like, oh! <gasps> I have done something horrible mm-hmm. that is unforgivable. What, what have I done? How could I have done yes. this? Look at look at how they massacred my boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> left him with no eyebrows. <laughs> they left oh. him with no eyebrows. The 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 intense guilt as he as he has like this this shitty, shitty wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible wig. I think what you have to do is is the fix it fic here is clearly a gift of the magi situation, right? <gasps> I was thinking this. <laughs> Like either he shaves off all of his hair in in companionship as like a as like yes. a, a, or he uh, shaves off all of his hair to make a wig <gasps> for yes. him. That or he he has a lot of hair, so he cuts off half of it and uses it to make a wig. <gasps> right. Or maybe you and just get real freaking weird with things you could do with hair, and they make friendship bracelets out of it. But that's gross to me. <laughs> oh my god he's like gives him this hair gross thing whatever it is he's done with this fucking homemade wig or situation and marcus louis pushes it away and says like i never needed this i only ever needed you to love me yeah i never needed it it has to be and i never needed this yeah and then they kiss and everybody goes ah yay it's all fixed now Mm -hmm. this would have been a much better storyline if only NXT weren't fucking cowards and would hire Annie and I to write these storylines. Just saying. That's insane. They're right here, y'all. We're, ri- we're yeah. right here. We are findable on the internet. You yeah. can. You can find us on, on I'm going to start online. a wrestling promotion just so y'all can write fanfic with pro wrestling. <laughs> I would do that if I had the money. If I had the money, I'd do so it tomorrow. Good. Rich benefactors with nothing to spend all of your money on? Hit us What's up? up. We're here. Hey, uh, guy who does the Tesla thing, <laughs> have you thought about having a wrestling no, Oh, no, not, not him. No, never him. Not him. No, oh, okay. We're not, not doing no, it. No, no. Okay. <laughs> he will try he's... to pay you in a, in, in a <laughs> stupid <laughs> cryptocurrency based off of a meme. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I don't want to be He'll paid He'll be like, memes. all right, I'm going to pay you for it, but I don't have the money yet, but I definitely will as soon as I liquidate some assets. Can I just oh, hand you no. some of the emeralds from my family's mine? Oh my god. Alright, no, we have to move on. We're talking about Elon Musk now. No, that's that's, <laughs> okay. that's the bad place. Alright, match number five. Enzo and Kaz invite someone else out to the ring for a match since their match didn't really happen. It's the one and only Blue Pants. This is weird, and, okay? Is this weird? Yeah, oh. Yeah, is this weird for this? Blue Pants? Uh, yes. Okay, to Who? answer your question... Yes, it is totally weird. However, within the scheme of weird shit that's happened, it is of a piece with the kind of weirdness. So this is unique. However, it is it makes sense that they would do this kind is of weird thing. Is it suggesting that they just have unnamed other wrestlers hanging out in costume ready to go backstage at a moment's notice? Yes. I like this world building detail. You're okay. Because so there is they're, also they're just like here's somebody who's dressed like a vault dweller from Fallout, ready to go. <laughs> she's just she's like she's just an understudy waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah, I mean basically yeah because like this is a whole it's a whole thing right. So especially here 
in this particular arena, this is Full Sail University, but it's also um, the home of the WWE Performance Center, which is the place where everybody is going to get trained to be part of NXT to eventually be part of WWE. So actually, in this particular context, the idea that there's like a random trainee just hanging out backstage, not doing anything except training is uh, is weirdly plausible. And I mean, I guess thinking about it, this is in Winter Park, Florida, which is a, like basically a suburb of Orlando. And right. if oh, there is any place where the veil is thin in this country, it would be in Orlando, <laughs> Florida. And if when the veil is thin, Leva Bates is the kind of wrestler who would come out of it. I love Aww. her. She's one of my faves. She's very excited and eager to go. And I appreciate that vibe. Yes. And I love that they just call her Blue Pants and that she embraces Blue Pants and, and is like, yeah, I'm Blue Pants. It. Like they pick up a let's go, Blue Pants, clap, 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 clap. I, I like that. I love it whenever everybody's like, that's a dumb idea. Yes. <laughs> yes to this dumb idea. So much of wrestling fandom seems to be yes and. It's whenever they say no but, then you're like, oh no, this is a this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is a bad situation. Like it's hard to watch whenever the audience doesn't know but. But typically yes. they're all yes and. They introduce Carmella and she comes out in leopard print and a fur coat, glam, and the it's crowd chant, let's go, blue pants. Yeah, it is a look. And Carmella wins in like 50 seconds by doing a sexy hold on blue pants. And I know you're thinking, Bob. You say this about every hold involving legs. No, <laughs> this time it's different. I know I'm the wolf who cried sexy one too many times, which is how that story goes. Yeah. But Carmella is doing a wrestling pinup pose yeah. while locking her knees and calves around the neck of another woman. Come the fuck on. It's it's a very different vibe from the from the earlier like two lady yes. match. This yeah. one is this one is pure like I am here to be evil and sexy. Yes. <laughs> and Carmella wins with her evil sexiness. Now, yeah, it's just a fried chicken sandwich. That's all the fuck it is. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes the mayonnaise and the hot sauce hits you in just the right way you need. And like, is it art? No, it's not fucking art. But sometimes the taste of being pandered to is what you crave. <laughs> like, this is bargain basement mayonnaise. This is generic hot sauce. The chicken was too greasy. And yet, who the fuck cares? I got to see a sexy chicken fried pinup thing. Oh, this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is getting away from you, bud. <laughs> I know. Bob, you've left your heart in the KFC romance novel that we covered. <laughs> oh, fuck. I still think about that place sometimes. <laughs> so, obviously, this Carmella debut match, I mean, I barely remember that it happened now, except for the fact that I took notes on it. Right. Is that most debut matches, or is that how debut matches are unless you're somebody off the indies and you're a big deal because obviously Hideo Itami you know got something kind of yeah and he, Sami Zayn got something pretty fucking amazing well Sami's first match remember was that Kurt Hawkins match that only yeah, went a couple of minutes but then he got Cesaro. Cesaro yeah there's different ways to debut somebody but in the realm of like the spectrum of debuts shows up and beats up a jobber real quick is a pretty common option you know, it's the vanilla of that uh, of that particular 31 flavors. Okay, okay. It's what they should have been doing with Mojo. Yeah. Annie, having seen Carmella do this, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being extraordinarily, how interested are you in ever seeing her do another wrestle? I'm just curious, because I, I am but newly exposed to her, but have seen some of her stuff later on. The vibe I got from her as far as a character was your pretty typical 
mean 1980s girl cartoon character like this but mm. like she doesn't even have the raptor shriek to be a pizzazz this just seems like kind of a stock background character your typical mean girl in a coming of age high school movie so like i'm not like super jazzed about her i don't know like a like a five i could kind of take or leave her okay i was curious because like the mean girl gimmick is certainly a popular gimmick but it is interesting to see kind of the spectrum of mean girl that you get in WWE and where they situate it. And I think you're right. Carmella is sitting at the middle of the mean girl thing. My one thing that makes Carmella a seven for me is that Carmella is mean to Enzo and Cass sometimes. And so I'm like, yay. And hopefully at some point she turns well, on. If you them. notice she does the thing in this one where she, after the match, she uh, she like hugs Cass or whatever, and then Enzo comes in for a hug, and she like pushes him away and just does like the forearm bump oh, with him. So beautiful. I love the bit beautiful. of characterization where she just like, nope, go away, thank you. I know Here to wrestle. that little rat man, but not even the good kind of rat man. <laughs> All right, backstage, Becky Lynch is here to confront Sasha Banks in front of the haunted mirror. Okay, sidebar. Miles, do you want to explain the haunted mirror? <laughs> Please someone explain this haunted mirror to me. This this ominous, portentous mirror. <laughs> this mirror in the backstage women's locker room uh, has been known to be the last thing a character looks into before they turn heel. Oh, no. Uh, Sasha Banks herself uh, was a babyface. Uh-huh. Yeah. Had a conversation with somebody in front of this mirror and proceeded to turn heel. Uh, last time we saw it, Sasha was talking to Summer, and Summer was already a heel, but she like sort of seemed to reflect on her relationship with uh, the BFFs, her former group. You know, it was kind of a, it was kind of a thing in that regard. Um, so yeah, the the mirror. No one knows exactly what the mirror portends, but it always portends something. Okay, okay. So this so this ominous shot of of Becky looking into the mirror after this confrontation. Mm-hmm. Oh no, mm-hmm. Becky. Well, I, I, yeah, you're right to be concerned. Becky says to Sasha, like, if she keeps doing stuff like being mean to Bailey, she's gonna get what's coming to her, and. Sasha's like, what's coming to me? What's coming to me is like gold, baby. <laughs> so you've lost a Charlotte twice now. Maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> and ask yourself what you're going to do to get to the top. And Becky looks in the mirror and then fade out. <gasps> Something's going to happen. I don't know what, but that mirror. Mm. Backstage elsewhere. Oh, my fucking God. I want to hear your thoughts, Annie. So a new person, this new, I don't know their name, but they're chatting to Adrian Neville. He is hobbiting at 12 out of 10 right <laughs> oh now. Oh, my God. He's got an accent? He has a fucking he's a, he's accent. He's a beefy boy with arms and an accent. And also, like, you said hobbit, and that is partially correct. But after seeing this guy getting his vibe, oh, no, I've read a lot of Discworld books. This is a knack-mack fiegel all biggin'. Like, <gasps> this is a big knack-mack <sighs> fiegel. That's too hot now. Damn. Jesus. Well, okay, so my heart melted into a puddle. It's, I'm still a puddle now. There are, there are so many there's so many hot people this in is, wrestles. I need to show you what Adrian Neville looks like now because it's extreme. He's an orc man now. He's an orc man. He's a sexy no! Okay. Adrian Neville is here to say that he's not afraid of Raw and SmackDown stars who come to NXT to throw their weight around. He'll face Titus O'Neil next week, and Titus is damn sure not leaving NXT as champion. It's no. as simple as that. No, he's, a, and he's like, an orc now. Yeah, you, but like a sexy orc. Uh, uh, I mean, okay, okay, sexy orc is kind of almost know, redundant, redundant. A- among us, at least. Yeah, among oh, you yeah, and no. myself. Yeah, I, or orc fucker nux. Orc fucker. Yeah, but 
he's cute and hot now, he only gets cuter and hotter. So there's an ad where they try to sell us an album with the promise that John Cena raps with Wiz Khalifa. And I was like, <laughs> no, thanks. Pass. Uh, Annie, I just wanted to ask really quickly uh-huh. if you had any thoughts about any of the ads, including you, this was your first ever Don't Try This at Home. I guess it was. Did you feel like you should not try it at home on the on the basis of this? Honestly, most of the commercials were kind of bulldozed by the fact that they advertised one of the video games to me. And then I just started mm. thinking about like all of the old discs of Madden that I kept having to process over the years when I worked at GameStop. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Hmm. Match six, main event time. Sweet bouncy doggo boy bounced to the ring like a perfect Look angel baby Look at his little heaven. dance. He's, I love it every time. Look at his little nice boy dance. He's so excited to be here. He got a hairy chest. Yeah, he does. I love, I I know he trims it. I'm like, baby, you don't have to. Like, you can just be a furry baby boy. Oh, like, oh baby. I know. Most of them, a lot of them wax, and it's kind of a damn shame, because I'm like, no, it'd be, be a hairy boy. Look at this, but look no. at this nice hairy boy. He's like, like honestly, he's so furry. like the hairy thing. Like he's a good-looking guy. He would not be half as good-looking if he didn't have this big, excited gold retriever energy. Yeah, it's so powerful. Oh. Tyson Kidd comes out still sarcastically wearing the insane shirt choice. Sammy looks so focused and ready, and Kid takes off his sarky shirt. And I have to wear a Zane's shirt face. to match my rival. So we can wear the same thing every day. And I know what he's wearing. And if he changes shirts, I'll be very mad. It's very like Kate and Beaton comics about my nemesis. Definitely oh someone I want to do battle with and not have sex with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think There's- about kissing him wearing the same shirt at all. <laughs> he throws the shirt in Zane's face. It was like a big heel move. And the bell goes and so Zane good. pops out of the ring. He gets the throne shirt and he tosses it to the crowd because he's an angel. <laughs> and Kid underestimates Zane and tries some of his technical wrestling wizardry and Zane counters and steps to Kid who retreats. Zane then grabs Kid's jacket and throws it in Kid's face, which Kid does not appreciate and gives such a look of like, oh, oh, like this, <laughs> like I did, that you would do the thing that I did to me? How dare you? So they're matching each other. The pace picks up. Zane does his, I don't know how else to describe it, his little hop, 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 little dance around Tyson <laughs> Kid before doing the arm drag. It's so yep. cute. I love it. Kid retreats to the outside and Zane goes for his big jump to the outside to follow, but Kid bails. So Sammy does his celebratory butt bounce backflip. He, he, yes. Like he's doing a little JRPG victory dance after the fight's yes. over. <laughs> he, I love it. It's pure, don't get to it's see pure it all the time. dog energy. Of just like, I'm it excited, is. so I'm just going to do a little flip. <laughs> oh, love it. Zane, ever the gentleman, holds open the ropes for Kid to get in. But Kid's like extra hates it. He's like, my rival, my hated rival would be chivalrous to me. <laughs> Fuck you. And so he he runs. So Zane chases, which obviously is how you know he's going to get opened up to attack. Because you should never follow the heel outside the ring. It's too dangerous. Right. Don't ever do it. Back from commercial, Sami Zayn is being worked over in the ring like a cheap steak, and Kid is firmly in control, but Zayn kicks out every time Kid gets him down. Zayn rallies, and we see his Street Fighter double jump, which I love, his flying crossbody, his Blue Thunder Bomb, and Tyson Kid kicks out of the Blue Thunder Bomb, but he kicks out vertically. Not not to the side, not to anything, just straight up. Mm-hmm. Kid goes for the sharpshooter. Zane flips it. And then Kid's like, nope, not this time. Hated rival. Gets him back into it. Zane gets the rope. And then there's some jockeying. 
Zane bodily hurls Tyson into the turnbuckles in that exploder suplex that explodes every disc in your spine, presumably. That's why they call it that, yes. Oof. I, I don't know, Ta- but should Tyson, be. Tyson is struggling, and he clings to the top turnbuckle as Zane goes to the opposite corner and lines up his boot to the snoot. The halluva <laughs> kick lands, and Sammy pins Tyson Kid for the win. Oh. Beautiful. This is a really fun match to watch. There's just, there, there's so much, there's so many feelings. They're both so tired and exhausted and they have to try and get up. They have to go and do it. They put on a friggin' show this time. <laughs> Tasting notes. This match tasted like a locker room speech mixed with a heart of gold and seasoned with determination to succeed. Yes. It was a triumph. <laughs> it is the dish on the menu. We've all been there. Where you go to the restaurant, but they sell out of that dish a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get to have it every time, even though you go to the restaurant a lot. And so whenever you go to the restaurant and you get to have the dish, you're like, fuck, yeah! this is not only great because it's the dish I want. It's great because I got to have it and I don't always get to have it even whenever I show up. It's amazing. Ah. <laughs> uh, Sammy Zane is very important and beautiful. Uh, he's, just, he he's a good boy. He's such a good boy. It cannot be said enough times. Miles, I know the road to redemption is a thing, and I yes. people have told me about it I mean, in veiled terms. It must be. They repeated it like 27 times. Yeah. yeah. But they wrestling repeats things a lot, but not everything that people try to make a thing. Fetch doesn't always happen. <laughs> okay, I was you know about to I mean? say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. So is this match going to be remembered as a banger, or is it going to be one of the quieter bangers that is not as remembered, but everything that comes after this is going to be bangers? I'm not sure the match specifically is kind of be remembered as one of the better ones. I mean, it's very good, yes. um, but we're about to enter kind of a series of Sammy bangers, uh, culminating, oh, okay. culminating with the biggest banger of them all, so to speak. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, or at least, at least for some people it is, uh, the match that ends all of this, the, the final chapter in the story, uh, at least in this part of the story is very, 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 my favorite match ever, or at least one of them. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. And yeah, you've seen to, many a wrestle. Not to build it up too much, but uh, <laughs> but I'm very excited that we're here. Nice. So this episode also had six matches in it, which normally we get four to five. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of them were under 10 minutes. I thought that was a little unusual. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was for plot reasons to go like, well, we're just going to advance a bunch of shit. I think so, yeah. But Annie, I was curious, how did you feel about lots of tiny matches? Did you like a snack bar approach or do you were you like, oh, I wish I would have gotten more time with anybody? Huh, honestly, like I, I was kind of surprised that it was so many little things, including like matches that lasted for like less than a minute each. Mm-hmm. It felt like there yeah. was I mean, you know, this was something mostly new to me. So I was getting a lot of information at once. So my my only approach that I can really take with this is to just say, oh, OK, this must be normal. It is normal. Yeah. I mean, it's there. A lot of the times there's a couple like a match or two fewer and they go a little bit longer. But, you know, wrestling often works best, as as has been so often said, when it's a variety show. And so it's kind of like, you know, hey, here's the here's this act and then here's another act. And if you've been paying attention, you can follow along. But I think this one was devoted to advancing an unusually large number of uh, plots of storylines. Like. One of the first, like, Super Sentai shows that I watched, the Japanese equivalent of Power Rangers is the source mm, material, yeah. uh, was uh, Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger, which is, like, the the big anniversary show. It was, like, a big milestone, and Holy it was shit. all about pirates, 
Uh, but the gimmick <gasps> was not only were they pirates, but they could also transform into previous Sentai teams from other seasons. What the fuck? And so they would go around, like, having one single episode with, like, a guest actor from that season reprising the role, learning a valuable lesson oh. about, like, I don't know, something, something, friendship and teamwork and whatever came from that particular <laughs> Sentai series. And, like, dabbling in those themes. And, like, it was a fun way to go around and be like, well, I don't really have the nostalgia for all of these Super Sentai series, but I enjoy dipping my toe into each one of these yeah. to get a sense of what the vibe is. And I feel like this is kind yeah. of the same thing for me. There, yeah. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. And the other thing is that whenever it comes to wrestling, you never know who's going to be on the card for anything. So you are dipping your toe into different sets of characters every single time yeah. you tune in. And it's definitely one of those things where it's like, well, you know, if you don't like it, who cares? Try something new. It's already on. Mm -hmm. Go. Yeah. Try, try oh. again next week. Maybe there'll be something more to your liking. Yeah. Megan, Bob, thank you so much for that breakdown. How did you find this episode? I wish that there had been more to chew on in some ways, but at the mm -hmm. same time, how could I not feel that main event? Especially given the context that you reminded me of very powerfully before I left the previous episode, which was like, don't fucking forget, he just lost to Titus O'Neil. Yes. He just lost to the guy who is the lowest hanging fruit on the main roster. Mm -hmm. And so I was like... Okay, don't forget that brain. Don't forget that. Is that what was up with that? He's the lo yeah. Oh no. He lost to a dude who's like technically higher status than him because he's on the next level up in the company, uh -huh. but is like the lowest possible position of that status oh, that Sammy no. very clearly thought he was better than and could beat and did not. Sammy. So that was the I inciting know. incident to all of this. Okay. It is now time for the sight sounds and feels of pro wrestling. So, Megan Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see? The look of undisguised carnal longing on the <laughs> face of the interviewer as Adrian Neville walked away. <laughs> Just. She is all of us, and I admire her for openly lusting after this handsome Dorito man. Just going like, fuck, god damn. Like, yes, you correct. Miles, what did your elf eyes see? Leva Bates's gear. It was actually X-Men inspired. Um Aww. They did Renee, they did call her Kitty Pride. Yeah, the, Renee yeah. calls her Kitty Pride, and that's very accurate. Although I found it very interesting, Andy, that you mentioned uh the Fallout thing, because I found an old social media post of hers from after this, and people were asking her about her outfit and whether or not it was Fallout inspired, and she was like, oh, you know what? It wasn't, but I should do one, because she's a gigantic <laughs> nerd. Nice. Because Leva Bass is an enormous fucking nerd, and I love her so much. Oh, that's beautiful. It's very good. Annie! Yes. Annie, what did your elf eyes see? Uh, just the, the these beautiful little tatter pants. Mm. <sighs> these These, these neon pink sparkly ribbons on thighs for no reason. Ah. <sighs> It's what you want to see in the world. Yeah. It's, it's such just, a visual. It, they're perfect. On these thick, thick boys. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, are they? All right, Bob, what did your Vulcaneers hear? I think I heard this. I think okay. the crowd was chanting, we, we, we. When they were. 
Yeah, when Louis was beating up Sylvester Lafour. They start chanting like, yes, 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 but then they transition. <laughs> they like realize what they're doing and they switch to we, we, we. I heard it too. I loved it. Oh, I love that. Miles, what did your Vulcaneers hear? Same segment, kind of, but uh, Carmela's music. I just, I'm really into Carmela's music. It's not the kind of music that I would ever listen to normally, but... Yeah. I just, I don't know why. I love the F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S at the beginning. And then just like Ugh. the whole thing. I'm super into it. I'm so happy she's here. Annie, what did your Vulcaneers hear? Uh, the the taunt of, of Tyson, of Tyson Chicken. Yeah. Yes. That's very good. Yes. <laughs> I am so glad you got to hear that chant. It, it's, it's, so, it's so playground chant where it's like, your name <laughs> sounds vaguely like something neutral. I'm going to make that the worst thing you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. What did your human heart feel? All right, Sammy Zane, because I'm not an idiot. Like, I felt, I, I felt Sammy Zane because he's beautiful and perfect. And it was very Sammy Zaneful. Absolutely. Miles, what did your human heart feel? Uh, Adrian Neville. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that we're here on the road to redemption. I love all the Sammy stuff on this episode. I don't want it to be. I don't want anyone to confuse that. I recently started reading fucking myths essays about Sammy Zayn and this particular point in his career, and they're amazing and they have touched my entire heart. But wow. in this episode in particular, the Adrian Neville interview, where he is just like a straight up regular ass babyface champion talking to his opponent and saying that he's not going to leave with the title because Adrian Neville represents this company, blah, 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 blah. It was just like such a good guy, like meathead promo. And you would never know that Sami Zayn existed. You would never yeah. know that the two of them have had any interactions at all. They've been doing this whole thing where Sami's coming for his title, even though they're they're super good friends. Annie, they're really good friends, but Sami <laughs> wants the championship, but Neville will do whatever it takes to keep the championship, because even though he's a good guy, he's kind of... Eh. And he just, like, stands to the camera. <laughs> this whole Road to Redemption thing is happening around him, and he's like, Sami who? I have a match next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking brutal and i love it so much oh all right annie what did your human heart feel baby becky she she's <sighs> just so scrappy and skinny compared to how like chonk she gets later yeah she gets she gets the beefy muscle and her, little, she does. And her little punky plaid look at this baby and her like shirt flaps for some reason right <laughs> look at this baby I oh. know, God, she's her so little shirt little. flaps are so precious. She's so little, she doesn't have her whole thing yet. She's not the I man know. yet. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> she baby. <laughs> oh, she she's is. like the she's... single most famous person that shows up on these old episodes of NXT. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's she's true. only been out a couple of times so far. This is, uh, she's like, oh, right. can she win? And it's like, she's Becky Lynch. Yes. <laughs> I know Becky Lynch, and I don't know shit. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. Uh, we have to quickly go around and give out our uh, awards. The Bullrunce Olivier Award for Outstanding Commitment to the Bit. So, Megan Bob, for this episode, who gets your Lawrence Bolivier Award? Tyson Kidd. Okay. Because Tyson Kidd did everything to make Sami Zayn's victory over him feel like a huge deal. And I love everything that Sami Zayn did, but 
I cannot tell you how much it means to me whenever the person you have to go up against does everything to make what that other person is doing feel meaningful. And I'm like, I could ask for nothing more from Tyson Kidd. I was like, you made, you made this. Ah, beautiful. All right. Miles, your Boris Olivier Award. You know, it's so tempting to give it to Sammy. Because, like, mm, yeah. when it comes to the Bowens Olivier Award, Sammy is like Meryl Streep. Yeah, you just kind of expect him to win it every time. And if he doesn't, it's like, oh, interesting. Who else is getting the spotlight temporarily? <laughs> Until Sammy takes it back. Yeah. Um, but I'm not giving it to him in this episode. And I never thought I would say the words that I'm about to say. I am giving my Bowens Olivier Award to Alex Riley. What the fuck? Okay, go on. He's, look, most of the show, his commentary sucked like it always does. Yeah. In the main event, though, I thought he was so valuable because Alex Mm. Riley was on commentary playing the William Regal role in a weird way of, like, making people understand the stakes of the match. Alex Riley Uh. was the one going, like, look, everyone, it's fucking great that you love him. It's fantastic. I'm so glad you love him. He loses matches. And if he's if you're not going to win matches, then maybe you don't belong here. He is the one saying, wow. like, if Sami Zayn doesn't win this match, it's not for a championship this match. But if Sami Zayn doesn't win this match, it's, it might be over for him. And like Riley really like lays that in. And I love that at the end he's like, you know what, Sami won. Good for him. Like <laughs> yeah. he's supposed to be like nominally the heel commentator a lot of the time, right? But like in that moment he was like no i i was i thought legitimately i am meathead sports guy i think yeah. wins matter and like i think i was legitimately didn't know if he could win the match and he did so good for him i thought his performance was excellent in the main event and i've never seen him like that before and i can't imagine i will see him like that again <laughs> you've sold me on it all right all right alex riley you've earned this one all right, Annie, who gets your Boris Olivier Award? I actually also have to give it to Tyson Kidd. Like, I okay. love a big cartoonish villain, and I feel like yeah. he just had that energy perfected right out the gate at the start of this episode. And seeing him carry that through, like, the rest of his match, uh, and just, like, into <sighs> into the way that he was playing, like, just in the actual fight itself, all the taunting before and after, like... This guy just has huge, like, I will kick sand at you at the beach energy. Yeah, And I absolutely. feel like he absolutely leans into it and he plays it as hard as he can because he knows exactly what role he is in and he knows exactly what stage he's on. And I really, really appreciate anybody who just goes whole hog into being a big bad guy. Fuck yeah. Well said. Deserving. Two, two nominations for Tyson on this episode. I'll say he gets it. All right. Well, it's about time for our show to come to an end for this episode. Uh, But the last thing that we do when we have guests on the show is we play the game that we love to play. Guess the gimmick. So, Annie, this is the segment where uh, I give Megan Bob the name of a wrestler that was submitted by a fan or a patron and make them type that name into Google images. And then they have to tell me what the wrestler's character was, they think. And so since you also don't know anything about wrestling, you are more than welcome to join in on this game. I would love to. We're competing headcanons. This this is actually a tag team that we're going to be looking at on this occasion. And uh, they were submitted to us by Hub. Uh, because Hub is a genius and I love that he submitted this tag team so what I would like you both to do is go to Google Images and type the following words the new breed wrestling 
So new breed spelled as it sounds. That's the name of the team. But put wrestling in there because there are other new breed things, and we want to make sure you get the wrestling thing. Oh my god! Okay. <gasps> oh my god! What the fuck? Oh my god! Okay. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, I'm just so th- there's a couple of different images that mm-hmm. that show up. Uh-huh. Some we, I've, have, we've got some Terminators. We've got some, we uh, some extras from Space Mutiny. <laughs> the, they, man, these pants. The hair, the hair is the best I can describe it is that there are some lines shaved in there and some floofs where you would not normally expect shaved lines or a floof. There, there's some mullets down the line there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also okay. seeing one of them like doing the hang loose thing and they're touching pinkies. Ah. Oh, <laughs> which feels like which feels like very like illicit, almost a kiss. Like, <gasps> like I mean, obviously they're together. Like Mr. Clearly Darcy helping Elizabeth into the into the car, and he just clenches his hand because they touched. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so have they been alone in space? And if so, for how long have they been alone in are space? They like, from are they space? space married? I mean, I, I the sci fi thing. I feel like they're from space. Or are they from or the future? Think- they might be from the future. Oh, fuck. Okay. All right. Dealer's choice. You pick space or future. I'm thinking future. I'm thinking a booster gold angle here. Oh, my fucking God. Mm-hmm. They booster golded to come back in time and win because they have all the secret moves that have been invented in the far future. Exactly. And now they're like, fuck yes, I can do a truplex, whatever the fuck that is. And you have good instincts. That is, in fact, their gimmick. Really? <gasps> is that they are from the future. Now- at this point, I'm going to ask you to guess what year they're from, keeping in mind that uh, these pictures are probably uh, taken oh, around about the mid-80s. Oh, shit. Oh, mid-80s. Lord. What is mid-80s space future? I bet it's something embarrassing, like 2020 or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Is it 2020? Do we go Do we go into the 3000s? Do we want to undershoot to make it a year that's already happened and so it's really extra embarrassing for everyone? Or do we go, like, super <laughs> far into the future? All right. I, w- I will say the 71st century. 71st? Okay. <laughs> oh, what the wrong way on that one, y'all. Uh, they are time travelers from the year 2002. No! Oh, no! Holy no, shit! No, no, Absolutely, that's so close. That's too. No. <laughs> yeah, oh. uh, they, they, the that fuck? is apparently how people will dress in 2002. Shit! Why uh, didn't we get the memo on that? <laughs> I mean, I had some things that were not not that, but yeah. Well, you see, there is Chris Champion and Sean Royal. Um, they have a. Uh, you can watch some of their promos on YouTube. Very entertaining. Chris Champion is the the one with more hair, I guess, who usually has more hair in the pictures, and he's very animated and runs around yelling a lot, and then uh. he always passes it over to Sean Royal, who just, like, kind of talks awkwardly into the camera, because he doesn't seem to know what he's doing. Um, in fact, he, he seems like uh, someone who might have later retired from wrestling and become a construction worker, which <laughs> is, in fact, what he is. Aww. Bless. Um, but yeah, they were uh, they were back in the day, back in Florida Championship Wrestling. So before Florida Championship Wrestling was a WWE developmental promotion that eventually turned into NXT, it was its own thing. Uh, they were from the future. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They, they often refer to Dusty Rhodes as Mr. President. Mr. President? <gasps> Oh my god, because they're from the future and they know. Yeah, and they know he's president. Oh, president Holy Dusty Rhodes. Fuck. 
when they first showed up, Hector Guerrero was doing a gimmick where he had a, a robotic kind of futuristic mask on. And he was calling himself Lasertron. <laughs> and uh-huh. they resolutely believed that he was a real robot and that he was malfunctioning and that they had to fix him. <gasps> oh my god, oh. that's so perfect and beautiful. And they would talk about like flux capacitors from Back to the Future and like Autobots and Decepticons. Oh my god. And, like, it was it's very adorable for one episode they even had a little robot manager like they had a little robot they beamed back from 2002 (laughs) they held the microphone up to her and she talked into the microphone about the new breed oh my god god. it was just very very good they they were uh feuding with uh the rock and roll express and then uh i guess i think they got in a car accident or maybe it was just chris champion who got in a car accident I think they might have both been hurt in the car accident. And they they were okay eventually, but their push kind of got derailed, you know? Yeah. What a beautiful thing to have existed. There is such yeah. wonder in this world. There really there is. is. Do you, do you think they've kissed? And if they have kissed, do you think they kissed in the past? Or do you think that they kissed for the first time? Like, well, okay. Do you think they kissed for the first time in the future? Or do you think they kissed for the first time whenever they come to the past? And then they're like... I don't know, they see each other in a different light or something. I feel like I feel like if you're going to travel back in time to the 80s, it's not the best time to be kissing other men. No. I think they kissed beforehand. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. So they've always held feelings for each other and then they go back yeah. in time and then now yeah. seeing all all this all this oppression uh, and all this homophobia yeah. everywhere mm. uh, and all that tension, they start to realize that maybe they have these feelings but for each other and so it's a lot of secret kissing. Yeah! Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Stolen And then they go back to the future, and then they get they get extra extra future space married. And then they get future space married. Yes. Ah, beautiful. The happily ever after, Mm y'all. This is a fantastic ending to the show. Thank you so much, Annie, for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. We don't have a lot of time, but if you could quickly tell everybody uh, about the stuff you do and where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, You can find me personally on Twitter at AnnieZard. That's A-N-N-I-E-Z-A-R-D, like Charizard, but with an Annie in front. Right. Uh, I am part of Crooked Russian Cam. We do uh, two podcasts and a uh, video series. And you can find information about all of that on CrookedRussianCam.horse or CrookedRussianCam.gay. Uh, yeah, there is nice. a pop culture podcast called I Will Fight You, a uh, fifth edition spell jammer actual play podcast called Gem Jammer, and a video series where we play Otome games called Date Me Damn It. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Yeah, everybody should go check out Annie's work. And, yes, uh, please. Just go thank do you it. once again for, for watching wrestling with us. Thank I, you. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I really did. Thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Well, that does it for another episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And thanks to Annie Creighton, who is a goddamn delight. She was amazing. And watching and like listening to the two of you just like fucking fangirl out about fanfic was amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no. Annie, Annie, my girl. I, I love Annie, and I I want to do more podcast stuff with Annie, even though neither of us literally, like, neither of us has fucking time to do that. But yet, yet the urge exists. Annie's wonderful. Annie, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's listening to this, uh, either now or earlier as a patron. Uh, as you know from our previous uh, drop into this feed, uh, this one is going up a little bit later than it usually was supposed to go up <laughs> because of various life circumstances. Um, 
I can now officially announce that I am the uh, new senior lead news editor of Wrestling Inc. Isn't so that amazing? So that's what's happening with me. Guys, uh, so, so if cool. y'all if y'all want your wrestling news from a specific source, uh, you should be going over to Wrestling Inc. because that's that's my website now. Um, very happy to be uh, and excited to be going down that journey. Um, if you are listening to this, uh, you're not a patron. Uh, sorry for the two week wait. Uh, thank you for your forgiveness. If you're listening to this and you are a patron, you are listening to it significantly early uh, because uh, we are doing that special thing to sort of make up for uh, the change in schedule. So hope you're enjoying that. Thank you so much. Yes, um, thank We're not going to take too much of your time because I'm literally leaving on vacation in like two days, <laughs> or like a day. So, um, yeah, so we're going to make this short and sweet. I do want to say real quick. There has been a quick change in the next wrestling fan federation championship situation, Bob. Oh, yes. Uh, because fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of things you're on, uh, Harry Bumblespike of Bumblespike Hall has retaken the next <gasps> wrestling fan federation championship Holy from Crash Tag. Shit. Holy uh, they got shit. their match after all that nonsense at the end of the trios tournament. They ended up in a match with Crash Tag, and they did end up retaking the title and very imperiously walking away with it this time around. So, Oh my uh, God, that's such a like, I mean, there's one thing to like steal it from somebody, but it's another to steal it and then also win it off of that. And person. then also win it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And, uh, not entirely sure what the future holds for, uh, for crash tag or for Harry Bumblespike, but, uh, the belt is now safely back in the hands of Harry, who is becoming, really like the dominant next wrestling fan federation champion of the era. So yeah, um, there will be feasting in Bumble spike hall tonight. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, for upping your pledge again. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to, to see you are really wanting that belt back, Henry. So yeah. I appreciate Oh my you. God. Also, also we love Harry Bumble spike. We do love Harry Bumble spike. They're such a great character. Absolutely. Uh, and Bob, you have a quick thing to plug before we go too. Yeah, I do. There is a new episode of hard choices up. It is the musicals episode. There is almost no singing in it. Um, that's okay. I just want it for those of you who are like either going, Oh, I can't wait. There's singing. There's almost no singing. For those of you who are like, please don't sing. There is only the tiniest bit of talk singing at the very, very beginning. And then it's over. So it's entirely my fault. And I apologize. I, I was supposed to be sort of the czar of this one and do all the creative stuff at the beginning. And y'all know how my life has been going recently. (laughs) I, I, I'm not going to remember to do that shit. I am in the episode though. Miles did great. The, it came out beautifully Everybody is very funny. There are some extremely interesting takes and some some deep wells of emotion that came out of some yeah. pieces of media that like we really hadn't thought about in a very long time and suddenly went, oh, my God, am I in love? I think I might be in love. So absolutely. It was a it was an interesting one. And. I think it's very special. It's always special to get to talk about like such a weird cross section of characters. Indeed. Also, if you're interested, my monster fucker cred is in serious jeopardy in this episode. Oh, it's it's hanging by a thread in this one. You Y'all watch. are going to have to listen to I'm find out go, about that. I'm going to go fuck Bigfoot through the bed just to get back at all of you. You fucking better. You got to <laughs> do something at this point. <laughs> I'm going to videotape it and release it and be like, I am a monster <laughs> fucker, you doubters. Here's my fucking well, cryptid <laughs> sex tapes. 
Keep an eye on our Patreon for a video of Bob fucking Bigfoot, apparently. Uh, you can go over and find that at www.patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan. I refuse to guarantee a video of Bob fucking Bigfoot, but uh, you can find many other good and fun things over there. Oh, uh, and you should also go become a patron of Hard Choices, because there's lots of cool stuff uh, oh, waiting for you over on that Patreon cool, feed as well. Cool shit happening very soon, but... Uh, I got life shit happening too, and so we will see how yeah. soon that is, but I got some cool shit recorded. We are a mess, but we are a mess <laughs> who loves that you is dedicated who loves you and is dedicated to producing content no matter how ridiculous our lives get. Absolutely. Uh, in various ways. So thank you all for your patience and understanding with uh, this episode and the delay in its release. Um, we really appreciate you, all of you, not just those of you who are patrons, Absolutely. but everybody who is along for the ride with us. Thank you so much. We will see you once again, we promise, in two weeks with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Yeah! The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman and Megan Bob, with logo design by Claire Mulcairin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I went to college in uh, Bloomington, Indiana at IU, and there is mm. a cookie place there uh, called Baked, and oh, uh, shit. it is only open for late night. It caters almost exclusively to somebody who has gotten high and really wants to have some fucking cookies, and you just want to put mm. whatever the hell you think is a good idea on them. <gasps> Amazing. You can have Cheetos on your cookie? Uh, they did not offer Cheetos, but they okay. offered just about everything else that was any kind of candy bar or what have you. Okay. Wait, your first idea for something to put on a cookie is Cheetos? No, you know what? Honestly, that was a fool's choice. It should be Fritos. Fritos on a cookie would be goddamn amazing. Hmm. Wow, actually. Yeah, kind of like pretzels. Don't think you're wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it gets I, that salty I bit in there. beyond the veil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would, God, I would, I I would put corn now. chips in a, in a cookie. Like, you get a good sweet to complement it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.